Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Just a reminder that Diet Starts Tomorrow is a podcast for entertainment purposes only. It is not a medical podcast and does not constitute medical advice. Always seek the advice of a physician or a health professional. Betches Media presents Diet Starts Tomorrow. But I stand behind my decision to avoid salad and other disgusting things. With hosts Remy Casimir. I'll have what she's having. And Emily Lubin. Remember, choose like you have a secret. We're here to amuse your boosh. Hello and welcome to Diet Starts Tomorrow. I'm Emily. And I am Remy. And you guys, we've been talking so much about breakfast, not breakfast, even though Yom Kippur just did happen, mm. but breakfast and specifically my struggle with like finding things to eat for breakfast. I know it's an important meal, but I just never know what to do. So we wanted to invite someone on the show who could give us some tips and unpack all things breakfast with us. She actually sent me a whole list after I talked about it on my story. And she is also Jared Freed's registered dietitian. You guys, welcome returning guest of the podcast, but first time guest for us, registered dietitian and health coach Alex Turoff. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Welcome, welcome. It's good to be back. Glad to have you back. Glad to meet you in person. You're very you are, exciting. You're a fan favorite guest. People have requested you back. So we're so well, that's excited. Nice to know. Yeah. Um, probably your sparkly personality, which matches this sparkly shirt that you're wearing today. It's amazing. Um, first off, before we get into all things breakfast, what's your main focus, would you say, as a dietitian? Okay. So it's hard to distill into words because I find myself very much in the messy middle of the nutrition space. Mm-hmm. I finds that I agree with a lot of different things. And I think that really goes to the bigger idea that there is no one right way to eat. It really comes down to how it integrates into your life and your history. So I work with people one-on-one and I really get to the bottom of their history with food, eating, mental health. So I kind of look at myself as being the intersection of how can we incorporate healthier habits while still honoring your relationship to food, Mm -hmm. your goals, if they're appropriate for you. So I don't, I'm not against any one thing. Well, there are some things I'm against. I shouldn't say that. But, you know, when someone asks me about keto, I can find an argument for their, a specific individual, why that might be an appropriate approach. Mm -hmm. But overall, I just want to help people become normal around food, not think about it for hours a day, just be able to enjoy it and really love it. And take some of that stress out. Do you think you can do keto and not think about food all day? Like I'm thinking about Vinny from Jersey Shore. Yeah, the keto guido. The keto. (laughs) You know, I was just thinking that like being keto to me, that's the opposite of being normal around food. Yes. So something like that where there is some clinical benefits if you, for example, Mm -hmm. epilepsy. Yeah. That or traumatic brain injury. So Mm -hmm. there's like some research for football players who suffer from that. I would never, if someone came to me, though, and they were passionate about keto and they were looking for a dietitian, I would not turn them away, uh, but I would probably first start working with them. I would explain the science to them. And then I would say, hey, let's reevaluate this in a few weeks once we start working together and see if you're open to another approach. Because my fear, especially in the nutrition space, is that we're all so vocal about all of these things that are bad and dieting is bad. But some diets are necessary. Like I I know that people are prescribed diets sometimes because it's like, okay, you're pre-diabetic. So you have to cut out A, B, C, D. Yeah. And I think there are certain times, some people need more structure. And then when you also talk about the eating disorder space, which is where I started, I no longer work with people who are in active eating disorder. Um, They sometimes need more structure where an intuitive eating approach is something we can get to later. Mm -hmm. But so there's just so many different variables that I, I don't also want to take someone who's at this really kind of stressed out place and say, I can't help you because then they're going to go to someone who's going to give them a crazy diet Mm -hmm. and allow that. Instead, I try to meet someone where they're at and help them break down the reasons like, hey, 
here's the research on keto. It's not a magical solution. If it helps you think less about food and you're truly living your most your best life and doing it. If you it, love bacon. If you love it, <laughs> great. I will also explain that the long-term research isn't really there for cardiovascular health. Mm. You know, we know again it can be appropriate in like a traumatic brain injury setting mm-hmm. or when there's something like that. And that in that case, if it is an extreme approach, you're also dealing with these extreme lifestyle needs. So it can be worth it. But for the for the average person, I don't like any diet with a label. Okay. Okay. And it's not one size fits all yeah. with you. Any, it's very you, like tailored to the person themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And what's your personal philosophy when it comes to food? Like how do you approach eating and nutrition? I would like to say it's an all foods fit approach. There's no no such thing as good foods or bad foods, but there are some foods that are more nutritious and less nutritious. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make you bad or good for eating them. Mm-hmm. Taking some of that moral part of it out of out of the equation. Um, I really think of myself as being very evidence-based. So if there is no research, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's nonsense, but you're never going to see me on Instagram going down the supermarket, pointing out what foods are going to kill you because no, no one food is going to kill you. Mm-hmm. And it's really about your overall pattern of eating. So I want to help people make good choices so they can live longer, feel good, but also enjoy social things, enjoy cultural foods and all of the fun stuff that comes with food. Yeah. And you're a personal trainer as well, right? I am. Do yes. you actively train people right now? So I really used that a lot while I was in college and grad school. So I taught spin and it was really a means to an end. It was great. I don't have the personality for it. I was just going <laughs> to say, you have to be an energizer bunny. I hate you have the playlists for it. Yeah. I have the playlist for it. Okay. Well, she's got that, the playlist down. Yeah, that's I got the a very important part, I think, of spin. <laughs> yes. But and I am I am a coach. So I work with people all the time, but I'm much more of a, a one-on-one coach where we can dig into things and talk it through. I'm not like that rah-rah motivator. I, I just don't have that in me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will help people create workout plans. I again for my own personal fitness, I'm not someone who follows a structured program every week. I do what feels good. So people hate on you know, cycling and they hate on running or cardio is bad these days and Pilates is good or this is bad. It's whatever you get moving, whatever you like, whatever you're going to stick to. And then if you are at the level where you're like, you know what, I want to take it up a notch. I have a specific goal. Okay. Let's talk about having, you know, one upper body day, one lower body day. But for the majority of people, that's going to be enough to get to where you feel good. You don't necessarily need to have follow these crazy splits and do all mm-hmm. this, mm-hmm. you know, or like bulking season and cutting season. Yeah, and you're and all always that in stuff. a phase. You're always in a phase, and and most people live their life. Not most most people who are affected by food, which is a lot of people, always in this perpetual weight loss phase. Even if they're not actively losing weight, they're always thinking about losing weight, and mm-hmm. that can be just as toxic, if not more. So I I do explain to people. I different than other dietitians, and I know you had my friend Jenna Werner on, and she's oh, one of my she's best friends. Her one of my best friends and she has well, you know we we talk a lot about this cuz there's this the anti-diet space with dietitians there's a huge divide between the two and i actually think a lot of us are more so in the middle where we can see why someone might have a weight loss goal and we might be able to honor that but we need to know a lot more information first mm-hmm. so i think it really the, all of it comes down to i, I wish everyone had the ability to work with someone one-on-one, but we can't. So I spent a lot of time just putting out information because I had a troubled relationship with food growing up. Mm-hmm. And so much, something that really helped me was going to school and learning. And once I learned about what was in food, how much I my body actually needed to function, a lot of the fear went away. So I totally. try to, whenever I'm putting out content online, have it be super actionable, super like, hey, this isn't good or bad. Here's the information and you can make your own decision. Mm-hmm. What can you talk a little more about that? What was your relationship with food like? Yeah. So growing up, I mean, I I like to say I can't blame anything on my parents because they really didn't do anything wrong. But I was I never really learned how to eat properly. So my diet was really bad. I was super picky. 
and I wasn't active. I grew up in Brooklyn. I did like some dance, but I wasn't playing sports or anything like that. So it was a little bit heavier as a child. And I know you've spoken about your history with that. Mm -hmm. Looking back on it, I'm like, I was fine. Yeah, you know, it's so funny. Like kids are so mean. There, there are sometimes when you're not even that heavy. But if you're, if you deviate from the norm at all, you will get bullied. Yes. So, I went through a period where I was like, I want to lose weight. How do you lose weight? You start at this time. It was Live Journal and Tumblr, like Zinga. Zinga. So you would go on these message boards and you would look up how to lose weight, and it was like that was the Nicole Richie era. The Mm -hmm. like she's coming back um tracy anderson yeah like those kinds of things the sacred heart heart diet it was crazy stuff so you would follow that and you would i i went to college and i think because i was in college you kind of just eat in the the dining hall but you don't really know what you're doing and i probably like masked a lot of the disordered eating because you're also you're drinking then you're eating so your weight isn't reflecting how disordered you are and then I actually wanted to go into journalism. So I wound up getting an internship writing for more of a lifestyle website. And they had me writing some nutrition content. And that sort of led me. I was at NYU. So it was easy to change and go and intern and do all this yeah. stuff. So then that led me into that space. I, I um, interned at the National Eating Disorder Association. So I started oh, wow. like trying that hat on. Mm-hmm. That was a little too much for me. And then I sort of found my way into a more, you know, all foods fit kind of just like, let's help people figure out how to eat. The people like me who just want to know those Women's Day magazines, like what are all these headlines mean? What should I actually be doing? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's I, Well, that's if you want to see a dietitian who truly knows the struggle, because I think a lot of people struggle with that, like going to see a dietitian and being like, OK, well, they they don't really know the difficulties that I'm presented when it comes to food, but it sounds like you really do. Yeah. And that's also a little iffy because so many dietitians struggled with food. Like there's a reason why we're in this. They're all very much like therapists. We have our own personal interests. So a lot of us have, and it becomes a problem when you're actively struggling with food and you're a dietitian. Yeah. Yeah, It can be triggering. It can be super triggering. Yeah. That's true. Cause some people do gravitate towards it almost as a way to like continue that obsession. Yeah. 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 This episode is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always find the super high end stuff? I have a solution for you, Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for this season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There are no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. And you always have the option to buy what you love. I love Newly. I've rented so many cute things from there, and I've even made a few purchases from there. And they're always spot on. They have so many brands that I honestly could never afford in real life. So it's great to be able to rent them. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DST20. Just go to Newly, that's N U U L Y dot com, and enter the code DST20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com, newly with two U's, with code DST20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. How do you feel great on vacation? Like, really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba Effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. There's a lot of talk about like, oh, that intuitive eating dietitian, it's easy for her to say because she's in a smaller body. But she might be in a smaller body because she understands she's already had, she already counted macros. She had an eating disorder. She got through it. She went to school for it. Like she's been through that, but 
they're not you can't talk about that all the time. So it's just yeah. You know what? I, I was talking to Remy about that exact thing. It's crazy that you brought that up because it's sometimes it can be difficult to find dietitians who are in larger bodies just purely because they are so in touch with their hunger cues and whatever that they they are at a very stable weight. What that looks like would be different for different people. And I'm sure there are plenty of dietitians in larger bodies that they're at oh, a yeah. stable weight. But there, I had it, a family friend who his mom was and she her weight was stable, stable. She was in a larger body, but it, she was stable all the time. And I remember we were talking about kids being mean, people being like, who would ever want to go to her? as That's a nutrition, you know, like yeah. I remember I had a teacher who said like your body is your calling card. That is mm. so toxic. As personal oh. trainers say it a lot. Yeah. That, no, I remember yeah. like back in the day when I had not unlearned as much as I have now, there would be certain teachers that I'd go, why would I want to take that class if this is the best that they can do? And it's like, what? Like, you don't know how strong that person is. You don't know what they can do with their body. Like, or I would Are you talking see about it. like PE teachers? No, like like a there was a yoga teacher that I used to mm. go to and she was incredible at yoga. But I remember being like, but her body's not my goal body, which uh, is like you can't measure it like that. And you don't know the half of what you don't people know where she started. You don't yeah. Right. The the people who are working out, they're teaching, let's say, soul cycle, that might not be their only workout. And they're also working out for hours a day, some of them. And also your body just looks different than other people. Mm -hmm. Like well, yeah. somebody's peak peak body fitness looks completely different than somebody else's. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And on the other side of that, I'm sure that you see this all over your social media. There's like 22 year old girls who are filming what I eat in a days. And the first shot is their bare stomach. Their yeah. And it's like the implication is, well, if you eat like this, then oh you'll look God, like I me. Seen that. Yes. You haven't seen this? Uh -uh. They're everywhere. Uh, Probably now yeah. that I've said that to you, your phone is listening and we'll show it no, to you now. No, phone, close your ears. Um, but like that is the implication of course. that if you eat like this, you'll look like me. But meanwhile, this is a 22-year-old girl. She probably is already thin genetically. You know what I mean? And so you just can't take that I advice. I don't see them being helpful, really. And I know people like them and be, people have asked me for them. And I always say, I'll give you meal ideas and I'll let you know, this is how you would, you know, increase it, decrease it, whatever it is, you can take this, but it's so, it doesn't necessarily tell the full picture because there, first of all, how long does it take to, for me, it would take like three hours to put a video like that together and edit it. And like, <laughs> it's your most perfect day. And people we're they're always trying to get, we're always trying to get a message across. So maybe someone's putting it out and like, let me show that I'm eating like more calories than I am to get people to think, Okay, that I yeah. actually am maintaining my weight on higher calories mm -hmm. or the opposite. Let me show them this or that or it's not balanced with enough protein or carbs or all of this stuff. So I just don't see them being helpful. I understand why people like them and I know people find them helpful. I've looked at the comments on these things and it's a mess, but I think overall they probably do more harm than good. Yeah, yeah. they're baseline entertaining. Like I will admit that it is. There's something entertaining about watching someone eat. Like mm -hmm. I've always been into like a mukbang though can mukbangs. be different than a this is my bullet pointed list of what I eat in a day for the hope that you might look like me if right. you do this exact same thing. I'd rather just watch you like slurp pasta. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I love <laughs> watching people slurp noodles. Some people oh. don't. If you have a misophonia, stay away from. I watch Bethany Frankel on TikTok. She's oh. always eating. Oh my god, that shellfish video. <laughs> Oh, yeah. What does she love? Does she love cottage cheese? She loves cottage yeah, cheese. Yeah, she loves it. That's another food that's coming back. How do you feel about the cottage cheese thing? I mean, justice for cottage cheese. I've always loved it. I, I love it, too. Yeah, I grew up and I... I don't like the texture. I grew up on luxon and cheese, which is... It, it's like a Eastern European dish, egg noodles, and you yeah. mix cottage cheese in. Yes, with butter and salt. Uh -huh. It's like it's Polish so mac and cheese. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So I didn't really know it was a thing. I was always embarrassed of it because I thought it was such a weird thing that my family ate. Mm. And so one night I was just like on Instagram, I was making my girl dinner, my lazy dinner, yeah. which is just egg noodles and cheese. It has carbs, it has protein, it has fat because you mix a little butter in. And it was actually a really balanced meal. So I love cottage cheese for that. I know people feel weird about the texture. Yeah, I was going to say, can I sub in ricotta? Because I eat yeah. a lot of ricotta. Oh. I love ricotta, especially in something sweet. So this yeah. could be a breakfast. Yeah. You could do like even like blueberry, 
thawed thawed fruit is great for making like a little sauce, put like a little honey or Ooh. agave in it. Yeah. And mix it with the blueberries. So like I love that. fruit that's been frozen mm-hmm. that then you defrost and mm-hmm. mix so it agave has like in. that little juice in it too. And Ooh. you could even reduce it. It makes it almost like a syrup. How do you reduce things? In a pan? You put it in a pan. You just <laughs> eat it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, usually I just reduce things by eating them. I was um, going to say you just insert <laughs> the blueberries too. over and over yeah. until they feel small. But because it does need some sweetness. Otherwise it's going to be too tart. Yeah. So you need to at least mi- like mix a little honey that would thicken it up. Okay, I love this. I feel like this is a good segue um, into our breakfast chat. First of all, how important in your professional opinion is it to eat breakfast in the morning? Okay, so I think this is a perfect example of how there is no one right way to do this. Because think about how for all our life, we've been told that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. And like, we have to eat breakfast. You have to eat breakfast. All of a sudden, intermittent fasting became popular online. And now breakfast is bad. Like, Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. All of the sudden. And now the people who were talking about breakfast all the time. So every meal is important, I like to say. But there's a couple of reasons why breakfast might be more important for you specifically. The number one thing is if you've ever struggled with binge eating of any kind, any kind of restriction and binge eating, it's a really bad idea to start messing around with any kind of time-restricted eating or intermittent fasting. It pretty much is never going to end well. And To be honest, most of the people I work with have struggled with some level of binge or strict cycle on different scales. So I, as a a rule of thumb, if I'm working with someone and they want to try something like intermittent fasting, I describe that as an advanced level. We're not going to get there. We're not going to start there. I want to start with... That's 401. Yeah. I want to start with at least three meals a day, two to three snacks, give or take, Let's get a baseline so that we can at least know what's going on with your body. That might not be the right thing for you, but we have to start and gather some information so that you can then start playing around like, okay, maybe I don't need that morning snack or the afternoon snack and I'd rather have more later. But so many people are just playing so many games with themselves and their eating that they need to return to a baseline. So I would say for the majority of the people listening to this, and I know I love the DST audience. I've been a listener for a long time and a lot of my clients have been DSTers, if you struggled with dieting for a long time, you probably are going to benefit from some kind of breakfast. Doesn't have to be the second you wake up, though. Yeah. People push back on that a lot. They're like, I can't eat at six. You don't need yeah. to eat at six. Uh, that's a lot that, of pressure. I do agree. That's like, a, that's a little early to just yeah. wake up and go straight to the Some eggs. people like coffee that I like coffee first. I posted that one day and people messaged me saying you can't drink coffee before you drink water or before you eat. I'm yeah, like, I don't care about any of that that's stuff. That's all over TikTok right now. You can't drink coffee on an empty stomach. Is that, that I assume that you don't think that's it true. Does. So I, I call that stuff like majoring in the minors. Stop majoring in the minors. Like you have so many other things that you can implement first before you get to like your cortisol levels. Like mm. Your cortisol levels are more messed up from you stressing about what time you're eating coffee. Have Mm. your coffee if you like it. Try to get water in too. And those are the types of things that I think are moving people away from even implementing some basic good habits because it's like that's impossible for most people. It also depends on how it hits your stomach. Mm -hmm. There are some people it hits your stomach and it is not good. Yeah, Yeah. I'm one of those people. I'm like, no, even after like all of my meals, if I have coffee, it's not good for me. I'm wired. I'm jittery. If you have it first thing in the morning and you still feel fine, that sounds like it works for you. Yeah. Yeah. totally agree with you about the binge eating thing. Like if you've struggled with binge eating, because yeah. I used to be a binge eater, it's like you cannot restrict. And intermittent mm-hmm. fasting and all of that stuff, that is restriction. Like if it's a time window, even if you're not restricting any particular thing you're eating, that is still putting you in that restrictive mindset. And then like, I just think you can never achieve success like that. So I'm, I really appreciate that you said that. But aside from setting yourself up to not binge or to not you know, go overboard later by restricting mm-hmm. now. Do you think you maintain more energy throughout the day if you eat breakfast or if you have something in the morning? Yeah, I I hear the argument a lot with with intermittent fasting or skipping breakfast that people say they have more better cognitive function. Hmm. That goes against anything we know about how, how carbohydrates work. Mm-hmm. Carbohydrates give us energy. So the, this is also true for fasted workouts. So if you work out in the morning and you're wondering, like, should I eat before? If you talk to any sports dietitian, 
they're going to tell you to eat before. Like Michael Phelps eats before his workouts. Athletes eat before their workouts. You need energy. If you're going for, you know, a 30-minute walk, are you going to die if you don't eat before? Probably not. But ultimately, your performance is going to be better with fuel than mm. not having fuel. Yeah. What do, what do you eat in the morning if you're going to work out in a half an hour? Yeah, I was going to say, because a person like me, and we've talked about this before. You throw up, I right? get, I throw I up. I don't, yeah. Yeah. I, so again, I have the privilege of working from home. I don't have kids. I make my own schedule. I wake up. I work out before the dog wakes up so that my husband has to take him. Wait, mm-hmm. that's yeah. impressive. What time is your my dog, dog is wake lazy. Up? Okay. Today, he oh. woke up at like 10. Oh, God but bless not you. Not to say that's lazy, but he's like, he's not up. He's a teenager. But, yeah, oh. he's a teenager. Yeah. I, I, I long for that day. It'll come. My puppy wakes up. At the ass crack of dawn. He's yeah. up before I'm up. So. Yeah, he wakes up at five. Oh and I have God. to wake oh, up with her. her and yeah. <laughs> I know, I just <laughs> you have to take her out. You don't have to take her out, but. I don't have to take her out, but she I have demands to feed attention. her. And she doesn't just want hard food. She wants like a made breakfast. Oh my God. Shut up. I love that. She wants her pate. Yeah. <laughs> I want my salmon pate and she in the morning, on. mama. No, and the other day too, I fed her her pate. And I told you, my dad's been trying to make her a pescatarian. And she walked oh away God. from the food. And she was like, I don't want fish anymore. And then I put chicken down for her. And she was like, thank you. Yeah, she is. Yeah. Variety is the spice of the cat's life. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. So you have the luxury. I don't like to eat before because I'm like just trying to like start my day. And Mm -hmm. I like to sit and eat at my desk Mm -hmm. after I've showered. So again, I'm not trying to break any records with my workout. I'm doing like a quick 30 minute thing. I still have, I eat kind of late at night, like a, probably finished eating at 10 the night before. So I still have fuel reserves. Okay. Mm. And I drink coffee in the morning, but I drink it with milk. I drink it with a little sugar. So I do have like just a little bit, which is like the equivalent of having a banana, for example, which might be what I, if I was going on a long run, I would have like raisins or some kind of fruit that like that. If you're working out later in the day, that's a different story. You can't go all day without eating. Yeah. So I'd say, see how you feel, see how your workouts are doing. And at the end of the day, it matters more what you eat through the whole day than before or after a workout in the fat burning zone and the anabolic period. All that stuff has kind of been disproved by science as far as like, if you don't eat within 30 minutes of your workout, there was no point of working out. Yeah. Your body will use it. Your body has a lot of stores of energy, of food. So it can tap into that. But some people feel really lightheaded when they work out without eating. Or like you said, someone with a blood sugar issue, if they don't eat before they work out, might be dealing with low blood sugar. Yeah. So in that case, I would say that, you know, don't go by what I do. But it's really up to you and how your morning's laid out. Yeah. Or I just like to eat around later 10, in the day. Usually. Give it a break after your yeah. lunch, two hours. So there's still food in your body, but it's not going to like trigger any sickness. Yeah. And it depends what time your lunch is. It depends what your career is. If you're a teacher yeah. and you have to eat with the kids, at like they have to eat at 1045 sometimes in the morning. It's so You inhumane. have to eat earlier. It's insane. <laughs> it's so, it, you know, it just depends on your lifestyle. For me, I can have breakfast around 10 you know, I check my emails and I have breakfast and then like a couple hours later I'll have lunch and that works well. But for someone else, it might not. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think I would pass out if I went to work out with nothing in my stomach. But but then again, I guess how I feel, too. That's why I'm like, it doesn't it doesn't make sense in the morning for me at all, because Mm -hmm. if I go in with nothing, I'll want to pass out. If I go in with something, I want to throw up or will throw up. So maybe just move the workout down after if you can, two yeah. meals if you can. Yeah. Right. Right. And it all depends on your schedule. Yeah. Um, is it normal for some people just not to be hungry in the morning? Yes. But I would have you question whether that's a food rule or that's an actual real thing. Yeah. It come that because people say that a lot of times I'm not a breakfast person and I like where that is that coming from? A, do you not like breakfast food? If so, you don't have to eat breakfast food eat for a breakfast. Lunch food. Yes. Yeah. You can eat anything else. Um, and I think what Sammy used to talk about her breakfast salads like way mm. back when. Ugh. So like, but I love that idea. So that's one thing. The other thing is, are you overeating at night because you are so scared to eat in the morning and then you're not hungry because you're overeating yeah. at night and now the cycle continues. And even if you're not hungry, again, this is getting away from being intuitive until you can get to a point where you're truly intuitive and you're not 
playing those psychological games like I'm not hungry, but it's because you think you shouldn't eat. Right. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying, because if you're eating a lot at night and then in the morning you're like, oh, well, I ate a lot last night. I'm going to wait a little bit longer because I don't need this. Then you're repeating that cycle or you're trying to compensate for oh, I ate a lot. Now I feel guilty. I don't need breakfast. I shouldn't eat breakfast. Mm -hmm. You know, the whole cycle continues. Mm -hmm. Um, There are some people who, again, aren't, you're not in touch with your hunger cues. You don't even know where on that hunger scale, which is is something that I think is pretty widely used for dietitians. We kind of talk about a scale of one to 10 and it's a little different for everyone, but wanting to be somewhere in the middle. and, And I think describing your own hunger scale of what does it feel like to be at the point where like, if you don't eat something in a minute, like you're going to pass out, that is yeah. a one. And the 10 is, I feel so full, I can't, I have to go lay down. What is the number where it's like, like your stomach, where like you should start to get, <laughs> yeah. I think that everyone can, as a general rule of thumb, it would, it would be helpful for people to start kind of tracking those hunger cues in, in hours. And like that, that has always been like, how often should you eat? I know for me, if I go like three, four hours, I'm ready for a little something. And so I get ahead of that. Mm-hmm. And that partially is intuitive because again, I've experimented with that, but it's also partially like using that intentional eating of, okay, if I wait longer than that, if I start cooking in four hours, then that's going to be five hours before I eat. And that's going to have been too long. So yeah, I think that I think it depends. I, I'm sure there are some people who genuinely don't like to eat in the morning um, and and do fine. Like I have clients who decide they do want to, we don't call it intermittent fasting. We just call it like your first meals a little later because that mm-hmm. works for their schedule. Mm-hmm. So that's fine. But I think that um, trying to break your meals down into just two big meals doesn't work that well for the majority of people. I'm sure there are outliers who it does. Yeah. If you wake up and your stomach is immediately making the sounds, making the gargles, you are feeling hungry. Does that mean that you didn't eat enough the night before? It might. It Yeah, it might mean that. And I if you're starving every day when you wake up, you're probably under fueling to mm. some extent somewhere. Yeah. Like okay. I had some I don't remember who it was, but somebody was like, oh, I love the feeling of waking up hungry. And I was like, I hate it because it puts a lot of pressure on me to eat immediately. And what if I'm like a little lazy in the morning? Or what if I need to go to the store to buy something because there's not enough in the house? Like, that doesn't feel fun for me. That feels like, oh, no. Is it possible Mm -hmm. that person meant that they were just excited to eat breakfast? Like waking up excited to eat breakfast? Maybe. Because I do kind of relate to that. Like I do kind of wake up and I'm like, oh, it's my reason to wake up. For sure. To have my breakfast, you but know? But it felt to me that it was like, oh, I like the feeling of having my stomach be like, like I feel it being empty in the That's morning. Because yeah, that usually weird. means that you went to bed really early, like your last meal was really early. Mm-hmm. That's why people like that intermittent fasting where they're like, okay, I've done it, eat, then I wake up and, um, you know, I feel that hunger. Again, that's a little bit veering into disordered territory yeah. most yeah. likely. Yeah. That would be a red flag to me. Would you say like the ideal state of being is really not never being hungry? Well, no, no, I'm just kidding. I mean, not never being hungry, but never like having to think too much about whether you need a meal, like, or whether you're deserving of a meal. Like, yeah. Cause deserving is a huge, deserving is probably the wrong word. But I, what I mean is like, a lot, I, I feel like a lot of people put more mental math into it than yeah. actually needs to be done. Like if you're really tuning into your internal signals and your internal cues, then you wouldn't be thinking like, well, I ate dinner at seven. So like it, I, it makes sense that I would eat dinner, eat breakfast at eight o'clock a.m. You, exactly. You know? it, it becomes natural. But I do think that most people, there's a period of relearning that does need to happen if you've struggled with dieting because you can't trust yourself. Mm-hmm. You yeah. can't trust your brain because it's making up things and it's taking things it sees on social media and comparing like, oh, that person doesn't eat breakfast. So maybe I shouldn't. Versus like, this is genuinely what I need. So that's where, and something that I do with my clients is I really do talk, I talk about calorie and macronutrient awareness and having an idea of, let's say 30 to 40 grams of protein is your sweet spot. So we can do that without tracking everything that you do for the day. So 
once you have that, then you can break rules. You don't need to be so stringent. If you have a meal without 30 grams of protein, that's fine. But you might know as a best practice, if I go to, if I have dinner and it's like, you know, I'm only getting 10 grams of protein in there, I'm probably going to be hungry later. So I'll just have a bigger snack if, Mm -hmm. if I do get there. So I do think it can help people to have some sense of what those needs are. And I think we can move away from it just being about here's your calorie or your point goal for the day, or these are the times you have to do it. But your body genuinely needs a certain amount to run. And if you're trying to get by on a lot less than that, your body's going to tell you in all these different ways, feeling really hungry, having low energy, having poor brain function, um, being cold or binging Mm -hmm. or all of these types of things and the constant thought. So if we're kind of always in a place where we do feel like we're well fed, it takes some of that brain space away. And that's not to say that you can't enjoy food because I think a lot of us, a lot of dietitians, we are foodies in a sense that we like really love it. And um, we're not embarrassed to say that. I had a client recently tell me she would never, she gets embarrassed to talk about how much she loves trying new restaurants to her friends because for her, it's something to be self-conscious about. And for me, I'm like, that's, it's so fun. And I love having meals with people when they're like, oh, you're a dietitian and you eat that. Like, I think more people need to see that and need to know it's okay. Like, it's okay to emotionally eat sometimes. Mm -hmm. It, sometimes it does make you feel better, but Mm -hmm. sometimes it makes you feel worse and you need to kind of know where that line is for you. Yeah. Yeah. But also trying new restaurants. I feel like a lot Mm -hmm. of people bond over that stuff. I always feel like I'm a little outcast because I'm such a creature of habit. Yeah. And like some people will be like, oh, are there any restaurants you've been dying to try i'm like no i'd rather go to three luigi's same place for the last yeah literally yeah Yeah. um no i completely agree and um the satisfaction factor is so important when it comes to food like eating for pleasure is part of being nutritionally conscious yeah holistically and that's like the mental and physical health where you can't talk about nutrition without talking about mental health. There's, it's a huge crossover. And it's mm-hmm. why many of my clients work with therapists and we talk all the time. And Oh, cool. Yeah, because I almost wish that it was required that we had a degree in both because mm-hmm. there's a lot of crossover. Um, but there are things that can be considered healthy. And I think you guys talked about it recently, the David Sinclair thing and how oh, crazy yeah. that was. Never heard of that guy like, until that episode. You know about that guy? You know this yes. guy? Okay. Yeah. And the Harvard thing that Harvard's been veering into like a little pseudoscience territory. So kind of, and you, you picked up on that, Emily, I, those, that over optimization of health ultimately is usually not healthy. Anyone who talks about food and diet and nutrition all day, which I talk about it for my profession, mm-hmm. but that's why I'm not the most popular person on Instagram because I can't, I'm bored of that. Like after uh-huh. a while, yeah. if it's all you can talk about, it's, probably not it's it's still taking up so much headspace so i think that all of that like is the perfect the perfect breakfast the perfect this the perfect that it's not realistic and it's probably not healthy speaking of people who are way too focused on their intake and protein because you brought up protein you're saying 30 to 40 grams is like the sweet spot I lately I've been seeing, I don't know if it's because I, I weight lift. So I've been getting a lot of targeted content. I've heard this number a lot. Like people have been saying, if you want to build muscle, you have to be eating your weight in grams of protein. So if you're 150 pounds, 150 grams of protein. (laughs) Yes. No, no, not, yeah, grams. Like like a bird? No, that, I mean, that would be. That'd be wild. Birds eat their weight in food a day. They do. They do. When you say eating like a bird, it does not mean what you think that's actually that's funny funny yeah. yeah um but i i've been seeing that number over and over again like your weight in grams of protein and i'm like that's so much protein though am i i can't build muscle if i eat yeah. less than that so the rda which is the recommended daily allowance so this is the bare minimum that you need to function is it's actually pretty low so for someone your size it might be like 50 grams per day okay. now that is baseline that's not optimal. One gram per, so you hear a lot of time, one gram of protein per pound of body weight. So if you're in kilos, you're going to divide two point pounds, 2.2. But then that is a decent recommendation, but it's on the higher huh. end. So I say more like it, it's really actually per lean pound of weight 
but oh, most now people we're don't. Tricky. Yeah. So, so I think it's an oversimplification just to make it easy for people. So as a way around that, I would say 0. 0.7 okay. grams per pound of body weight. And that's not to say that anything less than that is bad. Uh, I would say like very, very, very blanket rule. Like most people would benefit from about 100 grams plus per day of protein. Okay. But if I, I always tell my clients, if you're getting to 100 grams, we're good. You're good. If you want to get more, great. But 100 grams is good. And again, spread out through the day. And this is why breakfast can really be important because if you only have two meals, you're like shoving chicken down your throat. Yeah. Mm. And that's why I like cottage cheese because it's an alternative to eggs. I also like the dairy. People are okay Does with dairy now all count. of a sudden. Yeah, I'm like, isn't, that, isn't that interesting? <laughs> yeah. Isn't that interesting? Now, also the colostrum thing. Oh like my people God. are into yes. the colostrum. It's like, hmm, but dairy is inflammatory? Yes. Interesting. Which is another thing with these trends. And you kind of see like everything contradicts itself. And it all comes back down to the basics, really, ultimately, at the end of the day. But I think 150 grams is a lot. You can still build muscle without that. But- yeah, I would say most most individuals will do well with at least 100 grams per day, of course, like give or take, but it's a pretty general rule. But that's where I get like that 30 grams, break it up amongst three meals. And I find it easier to get protein in during a meal because it's like other than eating a protein bar, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with protein bars, but a lot of mm. people don't like them. They have a chalky taste. It's hard to get it in a snack. So snacks tend to be like easier to get a carb in. So yeah, there's one protein bar that I won't say the name of because I've said it 150 it. times. No more yeah. free press. Oh, it's the best. It, it it's the best one. Amazon is gonna sell out, and I'm gonna be fucked. Like, I'm not <laughs> gonna be able to renew my subscription. Um, so, what are your favorite breakfast go tos? Yes. So, again, it depends if you're an egg person mm. or not, because eggs are great. There's a lot you can do with them. But that's an example where people are like, "Oh, I had an egg. I'm good." Like, an egg is not yeah. a lot of food. You need a lot more than that. So even if you do two eggs, it's still only 12 grams of protein. It's not really enough. So you can do eggs. I would say add maybe some egg whites in there for more protein or like a chicken sausage or even just like some turkey or ham. Does Doesn't protein be... more come from the whites than the yolk? So it there's you get more concentrated protein okay. in the mm. egg whites. So I'd like to just add it in for just for get volume. a little bit more in for more volume. Cool. Um and the yolk for flavor, for lutein, for other vitamins, minerals, fat. Um, so, you know, something like that. But I think having at least a piece of toast with it or a bagel or an English muffin or something like that to get fiber in, a mm -hmm. fruit, an avocado. Let's talk about like quick things on the go. Starbucks breakfast sandwiches are great, but they're probably not enough food for most people for a meal. Mm -hmm. So little. they're little. So having that with at least like grab a banana while you're there, get a latte with regular milk or yeah. something like that. So get the protein from there and some carbs and fat, something like that. My favorite is overnight oats, but I like to, I know I think it's a, <laughs> so I like to heat them up in okay. the morning and then I melt peanut butter on top. Ooh, so fun. that I really, really like. Um, what, do you, what do you put in it? Can you give us the rundown? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like the night so before, what do you do? equal doing? amount of oats. Um, Greek yogurt and some kind of milk. So like uh, almond milk, regular milk. And then I do a tablespoon of, or two of chia seeds because chia seeds soak up liquid and they make it creamy and thick. Mm -hmm. um, this I like to use the peanut butter powder. So peanut butter powder can be super, like that brings me back to like Hungry Girl Diet Culture 101. Mm. But it's just peanuts that they press and then they, you expel the oil and what's left is this flour. So- I like to put it in there because you get some protein and fiber. It also adds a lot of peanut taste. And then I like to, but it has no fat. So you need fat in your meal. Mm -hmm. So then I add regular peanut butter on top, melted. So this is an example of where sometimes like these bad trendy things, they're not necessarily bad, but they are bad if that's all you're By eating. Themselves. And yeah. if you're thinking it's a replacement for regular peanut butter, you're going to be disappointed because it's not. It doesn't have the mouthfeel. But you can almost use it like a protein powder. So the goal is just to add more of that peanuttiness mm -hmm. to it, but you're not eliminating the peanut butter altogether because you're putting it on mm -hmm. top. Got it. Mm -hmm. So then I heat it and then I would add some usually like fruit, banana or berries or a mixture. 
and nut butter on top. I really like that. Um, something super easy that lo- my clients have been loving is just like a cereal. I love Kashi or Three Wishes cereal with a protein shake, like a Core mm. Power or Premier Protein, or if you're plant-based, Koya or O-W-Y-N-O-N, I think it is. yeah. Yeah, so use that as your milk instead for some more nutrition. Throw some berries in there, throw some nuts. You can make your own little bowl and it's easy cereal. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can use Greek yogurt as like a, instead of a milk. Cottage cheese is great. People love the, like the two ingredient bagels. They do like um, cottage cheese with like a flour, like a self-rising flour and you mix it together. Oh, uh huh. okay. That's a little industrious. I don't know if I could it is. do that in the morning. Yep. And then I mean, I don't know. You can make them ahead of time. I true, like to do true. like I like to do like an a like a quiche or an oatmeal bake or something that I can make in one batch and just like cut into squares yeah. and take it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those are good too if you want to make them. You can have some bigger slices, smaller slices, so that you can grab it for a snack if you want. So those are great. Um, a quiche is a great idea to make the night before too mm-hmm. because it's like, ooh, I get to wake up to a gourmet breakfast, but I didn't have to do anything. I just have to reheat it. Exactly. Right. And you could make them in like those little ramekins, like individually. You can. Oh, you can make like, your own egg bites. So though, the, what you need for that is you need the silicone baking, like muffin things, because otherwise it's going to stick. Mm. So if you get the silicone things from Amazon, those are great. You can make little quiches. You can make um, if you have an air fryer or just in the oven, like mm-hmm. breakfast burritos, and you can freeze them. Mm. And then you just heat them up in the morning. Smart. How do you feel about granola? There's a war on granola right now, There's and I don't a- like it. <laughs> <laughs> so people hate on granola. Uh, gran- so granola is, it's more concentrated. So when you're, talk- when you're talking about the weight loss space, people are going to say, it's so many calories. Mm-hmm. Okay, but you can mix it in with other things. Like you're, you don't need just one big bowl of granola, but it's an, it's a nice accessory and mm-hmm. it adds a lot of flavor. So you'll notice that most granolas, the portion size is like a quarter cup or a third cup versus a regular cereal is more like one cup. And that's just because it's, you know, it's more dense, but you also don't need as much as you would to cereal. I like to mix regular cereal with granola to get because I love the taste of granola. Uh-huh. It's, it's my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. And it's, to me, like allowing granola back into my life, that's the epitome of all foods fit because it's like, you're you're so scared that there's all these hidden calories and hidden mm-hmm. fat in the granola. What you don't realize is if you just have it all the time, you don't actually want to eat all of it in one sitting. Yes. Like, mm. I, I don't ever want to eat more than, you know, a handful of granola. I just don't. But that's something I recommend, too, for anyone who's scared of something like granola or nut butter. That's something people are scared of because it's like a common thing that you could think about going overboard on if it, it's like at night and you're just going with the spoon. Try it in a safer environment, which might be breakfast for a lot of people is not really a, as big of a time where they go overboard. So first start incorporating those fear foods in to like a safer time. And then you might find that you don't go as overboard on them. Yeah, we were talking about lunch foods for breakfast. You could have a PB&J mm-hmm. in the morning and that's really oh, easy. I love that, that feels like a party. Yes. And like in the best so, again, yeah. like get a... Get a bread, and again, it's not a good or a bad bread, but there are some that have more fiber. There are some that have more protein and better nutrient profile. So get one of those. Like there are a couple products out there, the Better Bagels that I love. They have 26 grams of protein. I have clients who really struggle or, again, vegan, vegetarian. Mm -hmm. They're gluten-free. It's a great way to get that in. And, you know, they're like, I don't want eggs. I don't want bacon or sausage or anything like that. So there are these products out there. Flat out protein wraps are great. I do like a roll up with peanut butter, berries, and make like an adult PB&J type of thing. I love that. Oh, in one of those protein wraps. In like, yeah, a flatbread and wrap it up. Got it. Okay. I I was going to ask you about... um, breakfast ideas for lazy girls but yes. I feel like you Some already said work. a lot yeah. of like the Can cereal be. with protein powder mm-hmm. like that could totally work frozen waffles and like you could do a PB&J on those like Kodiak Cakes makes a good one I love mm-hmm. those yeah you actually. can do that with the PB&J it would be great I'd like cream cheese and jelly on them do you? Like cream mm-hmm. cheese and jelly that's, too. that's good. old school I grew up like eating that with Eggo waffles mm-hmm. <laughs> that's like cloudy with a chance of meatballs uh-huh. they have the cream cheese and jelly I yeah, remember thinking that was so combo. weird Okay, yeah, I'm going to try, really good combo. try it. Yeah. On a raisin um, bagel. Mm-hmm. Mm. I love like the Trader Joe's potato latkes also with eggs. Ooh, like cut them up like a hash brown. 
Yeah. So are they frozen? They're frozen. You're cool with frozen foods. Yes. I love Could them. Could I have a, an Alfredo and chicken totally. uh, with broccoli pasta from a lean cuisine for breakfast? You can. Great. Sure. You could totally do that. I love taking like the best. That's not the best though. What if I want it? If you like it, then you like it. Exactly. Then that's where I'd say like, if you genuinely like the lean cuisine, totally fine. Mm -hmm. Like they're just small. And I also I know say, I don't even think it's like a it's oh there's less calories like I genuinely like like a lean cuisine. yeah like my the mom's taste like of obsessed it. with yeah. their butternut squash ravioli yeah <laughs> oh really okay but yeah I think frozen foods are great and again we're trying to move towards better not perfect mm -hmm. and frozen foods make your life a lot easier and there's nothing wrong with the, like these ingredients that is not what is killing us mm -hmm. like these like the one like war gum or whatever is xanthan gum that's in there like that. Yeah, maybe if you were eating it for every meal and every snack. Yeah, because that would go back to like your just day is not balanced. So what is killing us then? Honestly, <laughs> I know it's a heavy question, but I mean, as far as far as food goes. Yeah. Um, so I think there are there are chronic diseases that are involved with food. So that's something that, again, we want to be we want to be aware of we want to eat in a way that we can avoid diabetes if possible type 2 diabetes and so there are things that we can do but again it goes back to having a balanced diet having you know a good amount of protein and fiber simple carbs complex carbs like no one thing it's really your overall pattern of eating so when people mm -hmm. talk about red meat for example mm. think of when they look at the studies of red meat they're done the studies show okay, it's a problem if you're having, you're going to Peter Luger's every night and you're having like a big ribeye with, you know. What a life. Cream spinach and three <laughs> martinis and all that. Does the research hold up if you're making you're like a, a flank a steak at Men. home? <laughs> right, exactly. If you're making a, a lean flank steak with a bunch of veggies at home and like a baked sweet potato and your overall diet is healthy, is this really a problem? Probably no. not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And your blood work is good and all of that. No. So we, again, like not overdoing any one thing and trying to keep those principles of like more whole foods when we can, because those foods make us feel good at the end of the day. So if we can tune into what makes us feel good, a lot of that will work itself out. Mm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So what other like breakfast things should we keep in mind, like how much protein should we get be getting in the morning? Like, should do I need to eat vegetables in the morning? Like, that's one thing that I've wondered because everybody says balance, balance, balance. But sometimes I'll go the whole day without eating a vegetable. And then at dinner time, I'll realize like, oh, I need to load up on my veggies because mm -hmm. I didn't I just didn't have the chance to eat them all day. So is there a way to sneak that in? There are ways to sneak it in. But I also wouldn't stress if you can't a veggie unless you're making like an omelet or again, like a non-traditional breakfast food, it's gonna be hard to get veggies in. Of course, you can mix them into a smoothie, but fruit is also great. So when we mm. think about veggies, what do we get from them? We are getting vitamins, minerals from the colors. So every fruit and vegetable that has a different color has a different vitamin or mineral. What? So, yes, so for example, if you're having tomato, so ketchup, you're mm -hmm. getting lycopene. If you're having a sweet potato or a carrot, you're getting beta carotene, which is good for your eyes. Um, if you are having spinach, you're getting iron. So all of these different things have a- That's amazing. Because yeah. I feel like I, I've always heard that you're like, you want to have a, a lot of different colors on your plates just because it's visually appealing and it's like nice, but it's also bringing in different nutrients and mm -hmm. making it more balanced. Yeah. So those are the main reasons. So fruit can absolutely give us that. The reality is in the United States, most of our food is fortified. So- People aren't dying of scurvy if they don't have, you know, mm. oranges. <laughs> so like if that's something that's going to stress you out, I would give you permission to not. But I would also encourage you to try to at least get them in one meal. So if that's like a salad a day, you know, Jordan Syed always says his big ass salad to cover your bases, like have it so that you cover your bases and then whatever the rest of your meal looks like, like the cottage cheese yeah. and egg noodles, I didn't have a vegetable with that. And I was right. fine. But vegetables do add volume. So for people who are, if if you like to have a big bowl in front of you visually, you need that cue for your brain to feel full, then that's going to be something you want to prioritize. Mm -hmm. And then as far as the vitamins and minerals that are found in fruits and veggies, 
Do you think it's the same if you just take supplements or do you think it's better Ooh, to that's a good question. if it comes with the stuff that you're eating? That's a good question. I eat, ultimately, it's better if you can get it through food because the food also has all these other benefits. Like you're getting the water, you're getting the fiber, you're getting the satiety. But if you are concerned that you are, let's say you're a picky eater or you're a vegetarian or vegan and you're not getting B vitamins, a supplement can absolutely close those gaps. And just again, like try to cover your bases with all of these things. But if there's something that you really can't get through food, a supplement can definitely help you. Supplements are a little tricky because we don't really know exactly what's in them. So if you're going to go with the supplement, something you want to look for is that NSF certification. You'll see it on the bottle. It means it was third party certified. It's the best that we have at this point. Um, because there is no FDA regulation for supplements. Got it. So, is that because they're like cased in things or is it it's just because it's not regulated? It's not regulated as a food or a drug. Oh, so whoa. it falls it's a, into this. It's a secret third and thing. And that's yeah. why there's a lot of supplements being thrown yeah. around on social media because they're not zero regulated. It's the Wild West. Wow. That's yeah. insane. And so you do want to look for that third-party certification and you do ultimately want to go with that's where you do want to go with like a bigger brand because a bigger brand has more to lose and they usually have mm. a lot of kind of checks and balances in place you know centrum is going to get in a lot of trouble if they're selling you know snake oil but mm -hmm. this small brand might not have as much at stake and they also don't have the budget to third-party test so that's just something to keep in mind okay, that's a good have the yeah. lawyers and the lawyer True, exactly. they can't pay the fees. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's that's a good tip. So look for big brands and look for the NSF. Mm -hmm. NSF, mm -hmm. NSF, okay. and you should be able to go to any supplements website and in their FAQ, it will if they have it, it will be there because they want to show it off. Cool. I have a question for all of us. What did we eat for breakfast today? Um, the Aloha coconut almond chocolate. <laughs> 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 With my coffee, the way see, I'm I'm the type of person that I do get hungry pretty much as soon as I wake up, and mm -hmm. then I crave it. Like I just <laughs> love this protein bar, guys. I it's need to so try good. it. It's yeah, so good. she brought one in for me. I liked it. Was it. Good. And then I also, if I have a heavy breakfast, sometimes I won't get hungry for lunch until much later. Mm -hmm. And because of my schedule, I, I like to eat a fairly early lunch, so I'll have a bigger lunch. Yeah, and that's kind of that's, that's yeah. fine. That's my, she had yeah, a nice to lunch today. Oh, yeah, I had chicken piccata yeah. with some oh, uh, nice. string beans and like this really good sauce. It was from Trader Joe's. It was one of those pre-made meals, but- I've seen it. You've seen it. The, the, those are- It's newer, I think. They never miss. Mm -hmm. Like, they never miss. I love their pre-made meals. Alex, what did you have for breakfast? I had overnight oats. That's okay. So mm -hmm. this is your staple. It's one of my staples. I go in, I also, I'm like a toddler with food jags. I get into like one thing for a while mm -hmm. and then I'll be absolutely sick of it. I can't look at it. And then I'll rotate and I'll come back. Yeah, that feels normal. Okay. Mm -hmm. You, Remy? I had a bacon, egg, and cheese. I asked for an everything bagel. They gave me a plain, but it was still good. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I got to say, um, bacon, egg, and cheese, I think the bagel is not the appropriate vehicle. Whoa. I think a soft roll is better 100% of the time. I disagree 100% Really, you like it on you. the bagel yeah. better? Yeah, and especially, I think it's disgusting on a croissant, even though I love a croissant. Oh, I it's want not it the right separate. texture. Not the yeah, right texture. it doesn't hold together as well. Yeah, no, I like a, I like a bagel, except for not the ones from Dunkin', because if you get them I mean, and you don't eat them immediately, it turns into a brick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would never eat a bagel from Dunkin'. I just feel like cool. it's sacrilege. Cool, cool, cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but is it like um, because the bagel feels sturdier? No, they literally get hard. No, 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 no. I just mean oh, with the bacon, egg, and cheese. Yes. The bagel, you want something sturdy to keep it Yeah, on. and I want like a little bit more bread. Okay, I feel like, that. I don't want the egg to be able to affect it in the floppiness. Oh, the floppiness. Yes. See, this is why this show exists, because mm -hmm. we can all come together with our food <laughs> opinions and reach, you know, peace and harmony with them. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for coming on the yeah, show. Thank you for you having me. so much. You have the whole list of breakfast foods and other food that you sent to me. And that is on your website. Yes, I will okay, make great. sure that it's on my website for you we'll guys. We'll try and link it below mm -hmm. as well. OK, great. And where can people find you and follow you? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram, alexteroff underscore rd or alexteroffnutrition.com. You can find all all the stuff. I have a lot of podcast episodes and videos and all that yeah. kind of stuff. So if you like education, that's where you can find me. 
Amazing. Thank you again. Um, you guys, that's it for today's episode. Be sure to send your questions to DST at Betches.com to get them answered. Yes. Follow us at Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram. And if you like this episode, please write us a review. And don't forget to check out our DST merch on shop.betches.com. Rate, review, and subscribe. And follow me at Lubination. And follow me at Remy Casimir. And follow Alex. And remember, we're always with you. Through, through thick, thick and thin. thin. Ah! Yes! <laughs> Diet Starts Tomorrow is produced by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Aliza Zinn. Editing by Sean Kilby. Social media by Aliza Zinn. Guest booking by Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send us your emails to dst at betches.com or your voicemails to 212-287-5650. Betches.